one of the ways to do that is to hear God's voice. And say, well, pastor, you've got to tell us what God's saying. Well, I'm going to do that when I preach the word, but basically when I'm doing that, it's what his word is saying. I'm just a, the vessel. I'm just the mailman. I just deliver the mail. I don't write the mail. I just deliver the mail and uh, pray that I'm, that I'm hearing him and that, we're, that as the entire body of Christ, the universal body of Christ, God's speaking to it. And he said seven times in the book of Revelation, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And so we need to have hearing ears, especially during this time, this season that we're living in. I believe it's the last days, the Laodicean days there, that Laodicean church that was in, in Revelation that was, you know, they were kind of asleep. They weren't really, they didn't have a heart for God. He was the one that comes to in Revelation 3.21, and he's on the outside knocking, wanting to get in. And they said, oh, we're fine, we're fine, we don't, you know, and we're warm and clothed and fed. And he said, no, you're not, you're blind and naked and, and you don't know what's going on. Uh, they weren't hearing him, so we need to be hearing God. And that's why we need to hear some of these things that, that's going to be being taught the next couple of weeks on how to hear God. Have you ever heard questions like this? You know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, uh, or uh, maybe... Uh, you know, in our younger years, or some of you that are young, saying, where am I going to go to school? You know, maybe for college, or um, should I take this job, or uh, I thought about, almost thought about that song, <laughs> take this job, or, or <laughs> don't take the job. I, what are y'all laughing at? I, <laughs> um, should I take this job, or is there something better on the horizon? You don't need to know. Is this the job I'm supposed to take, or is there something else that I, and, and I need to know, Lord, what's going on, or Maybe it's the question, who should I marry? And it might be a better question of who should I not marry? You know, but all these things through life, there's questions that come up, and life is a never-ending series of choices. And that's what we need to know. I think most of you that's, if you've had to ever make a choice in your life, then you know that life is a never-ending series of choices. We'll never get away from that. There's always something we have to decide every day. You know, do I want cream in my coffee or do I want it black today? Or, I mean, it can start out that simple, but it can get increasingly more difficult. You know, can, but the, the question we need to ask ourselves is, can we know whether we are making the right decisions? That's a pretty good question to ask, you know. You know, we might say it like this, you know, Lord, am I making the right decision? Because, and then we kind of go through this time of like, well, I don't know if, if he's speaking to me. I don't know if I'm hearing him or why doesn't God say something or how, how do I know if he is saying something or not saying something? And so we're kind of, we feel like we're in this blind area, this darkened area that we're just struggling and walking and trying to hopefully we'll find the right door to go through. And then we're not sure. Well, we got to know for sure. We need to hear God's voice. Is that even possible? Uh, you know, you know, for some, well, should I uh, consult the horoscope or, you know, uh, for some people that's an option or, you know, maybe we should call the psychic hotline, you know, maybe they'll, they'll tune in or, you know, do we go with what the experts say or do we rely on gut feeling? Is that what we're supposed to do? And um, I wrote a little, the little statement, you know, should we look to the stars or should we seek the, the maker of the stars, you know, I mean, where are we? And how do we find out what God is saying, what, what life is saying? Um, listen to this question after I preached the, the message two weeks ago about preparing to hear the word of God. There's a preparation that we go through to, to prepare ourselves to hear. And then there's some keys, some filters that we're going to talk about today 
of hearing God's word. So there's several little steps here, but in response to the message that I preached, and uh, it actually came from someone listening to a podcast, and they said, and here it is, quote, it says, everyone talks about doing what the Holy Spirit says, but you do not state how you know it is the voice of God. He goes on to say, I have yet to read any book or article that can lay, lay that out. It's easy to say the Lord told me to leave this or do that, and I was blessed down the road because, because of it. Anyone can present a way that one can actually, or it says anyone who can present a way that one can actually know that the voice that they are hearing is from God, not man or Satan, would change the world. That's probably why the world hasn't changed. That was a statement that came in uh, that I received in response to that. Pretty good question. He says, anyone who can present a way that one can actually know that the voice that they are hearing is from God and not from Satan or not from man can change the world. And he said, that's probably why the world hasn't changed. Well, I've got some good news for you today. We're going to change the world. Um, God wants to speak to us. And you need to say to yourself, God wants to speak to me. Are you 100% certain of that? Do you know that you know that you know that God wants to speak to you? You know, for years, and what plunged the church historically into the Dark Ages was after about 312 A.D., after Constantine declared that everybody, you know, now is a Christian that's under, you know, this nation, and then you had the clergy, the professional, the clergy, the priests, and you had the laity, the people, and basically it was conveyed that, that you know, you don't know what's going on, but the priest does, and so that's why you got to come, and, and he'll tell you what God's saying and telling you what to do. And so that was kind of laid out for, for many years, and that's really where there was a downfall in, in the church and what plunged us into the dark ages because basically we adopted the thought that, you know, I can't hear from God. i got to have somebody that's, you know, close to God or whatever that can tell me what God is saying. And you say, well, then, Pastor, why do we need to come to church? If we don't need to, you know, if you're not going to tell us what God says. Well, I'm going to tell you what his word says and, and, and praying that, that that is what he's speaking to us today. But that shouldn't be the only reason that you come to church. You come to church, first of all, to know that there's fellowship and to establish fellowship with other believers in the church. But you know that when you're going through difficult times, you're not alone. And also, we come because he told us to come. He says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, and so much the more when you see that day approaching. So we need to come together. And there's other reasons. It's because corporate worship does something. It, bl it blasts open portals in the heavenly realms, and, and we collectively come before the, the throne of God boldly. We can do that collectively. There is so many benefits of gathering collectively and Jesus died to set a new thing into motion, and that was the church. And Paul says in Ephesians that this is the mystery that's hidden from all ages, that now through the church that God, his manifold wisdom would be seen through the church. And so we need to be expressing that. People ought to uh, see in your life and the things that you do and the decisions that you make shows God's wisdom. And... Uh, you know, you, there ought to be different things about your life. And we find that through being in the body of Christ and what God does. And, um, but the very first thing that we need to know, let's talk about some things that we need to know for certain. And then I'm going to give you seven keys of hearing God's word. 
First thing is that God wants to fellowship and communicate with us. Or let's bring that on down more personally. God wants to fellowship and communicate with you. With you. When you wake up in the morning, you ought to get excited and say, Well, good morning, Lord. You know, I am excited about what, not say, well, I'm going to listen to see if you say anything. Just say, I'm excited to hear what you're going to speak to me today and what I get to share with you. The thing is, is that communication is not just a one-way deal. It's a two-way deal, right? Um, and so why does God want to fellowship and communicate with us? Well, because you can't really have a re re relationship unless there is a dialogue. You know, Sandy and I have been married 42 years now, I guess it is. And uh, if, if everything goes well with her mom's doctor's appointment on Tuesday, she'll be coming home Thursday. Praise God, I'm excited about that. But, um, you know, if our whole conversation was only me speaking to her and telling her something or whatever, and I never listened to anything that she said or really never gave her an opportunity or whatever, never expected anything else, that wouldn't be much of a relationship, would it? You think that's why people like to text more than having a phone call anymore? Because, like, if I don't want to answer that, I don't have to. I can just say what I want to say and then, oh, I must have missed that. <laughs> you know, a relationship is really based upon dialogue. You know, you talk, I'll listen. I talk, you listen. Right? And God wants that. He wants that with us. You know, that's how, when he created Adam and Eve, remember it said that he would walk through, the, you know, he wanted to come and he'd spend the, the cool evenings, you know, walking with them in the, in the garden. And that's exactly what he wants to do. But how do we get to know God? Well, how do you get to know a person? You talk to them. They say that if you talk to a person for 20 minutes, if you have a, actually have a conversation within the, a time of about a 20-minute period of time, you're going to start to know something a little bit more about that person. They'll end up sharing, you know, kind of their part of their philosophy of life. And you can kind of pretty much know if they're a believer or not, or if they are in fellowship with God or they're not in fellowship with God by talking to them and seeing what they have to say. You might even pick up some political values that they have and various things like that. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Within 20 minutes, something around that line, at least you'll know what the weather's going to be, if nothing else. But, you know, um, but the whole thing is, is that, again, we talk, they listen, they talk, we listen, and if you listen, you're going to pick up some things, and then you, that's how you build a relationship with a person. And, again, God wants to do that with us. He wants to speak to us. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 10, verse 19, this is not a text, but I'm going to be sharing various scriptures. You can jot them down and look them up. Hopefully you can do that and you maybe have a little Bible study sometime through the week. If you find something in there that's like, wait a minute, Pastor, you missed that. That didn't say that at all. Well, that's where you need to send me an email or a text or something and say, what's up with this? You know, and you were saying, such, hey, then I need to know about it. You know, maybe, maybe I did mess up. I need to correct it. Or we can talk about it and understand it. But Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20 uh, says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of the Lamb, by a new and living way, and he goes on to talk about some, by this new and living way and explain that, but the whole thing here is, is that he says, because since we have confidence to enter the most, not if we have confidence, or if you can get to a place where you have confidence. No, he says, 
since we have confidence, since we have this confident assurance that we can enter into the most holy place and how by the blood of the Lamb and by this new and living way, then and he goes on to talk about some other things. We need to have that type of confidence. Are you confident right now that you can enter that most holy place? Well, you ought to because that's what Jesus died for. By his blood, we have, we, now we have this assurance that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, you know, so God wants us to be able to do that. He wants us to come before him, and he also wants us to be fulfilled. He didn't create us just, you know, like, well, I don't have, what should I do today? Hmm, well, I think I'll just create some people, you know, just for the fun of it and whatever, throw something out there. Let me draw out of the pot here and see what they can do. Let's see. Uh, okay, well, you know, and, and decide what Jeff's going to do just by random, mm, let me slap this on him. No, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew us before the foundation of the world and knew the purpose that he had for us, uh, for us to, to succeed and be successful, for us to be fulfilled. You're not an accident. You know, you, you, you are here on purpose, and it's God's purpose. And so to be fulfilled, he wants us to be fulfilled, which means he wants us to be blessed and successful in the plan that he has established for our lives. Yes, he does have a plan for us. Like we always hear these preachers saying, God has a plan for your life. Well, yeah, he does. And so does the devil. So we want to make sure we're hearing God's plan and not something else. And he wants us to, um, he wants us to, to succeed in the plan that he has for us so that we can be a reflection of his love uh, and his blessings to those people that we come in contact with. Jeremiah 29, 11 is the scripture basically that you've heard many times and, and that I was quoting. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. This is one translation. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And it says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and hope and a hope. God's thoughts about you is, is not for like, well, what can I do to mess up their day-to-day? -day? They aggravated me, so I'm going to get back at them. That's what we do. But no, God doesn't think that way. He, wants, he has thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So, uh, you know, just the same way that there in Genesis chapter 3 that it says that, that Adam and Eve, it says they... They heard a sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Like, oh, I think I hear the Lord coming. I mean, we ought to be so close to him. He wants that type of fellowship. That's what he created mankind for. He loves you. You know, he, he has a, a, a plan, and it's for good, and he wants you to be fulfilled in that, and he wants you to be a reflection of his love to other people that they know that, that he, God has... Uh, that they ought to have that hope that God wants to give and peace and that they have a future. And, you know, this is how God wants us to, 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 to know that and so that even just our very demeanor as we come in contact with that confident assurance of why we're here on planet Earth, uh, that other people begin to pick up on that. It's God's desire to walk with, uh, with us and to communicate with us and... You can put that personally. That he wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. Like that old gospel song says, he does. He really does every day. That's what you ought to be seeking. 
You know, in whatever you're going about doing, that you're going to say, well, Lord, I know that you're right here beside me. You know, and, and he sent the counselor, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, that his presence would be with us at all times. He's not going to leave us as the disciples say, well, you're going to leave us as orphans. And he says, no, you know, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit, uh, that God would send the one that's promised, the Holy Spirit. And he's going to guide you into all truth. So if you need to know something, ask. You know, uh, you got to ask somebody. It's like this, we were at a... Texans football game and you know they, sometimes in certain part they get to drinking quite a bit and so these guys over here to the side they you know they were getting kind of juiced up and um, this one guy uh, he uh, reached over I guess he was sitting there and, and took the other guy's cup of uh, glass or whatever they are a beer was drinking it and, and then I turned to him and said you know what are you doing something like that you know well, that's mine he said well I didn't know he said you didn't know you didn't know? You need to ask somebody. You know? <laughs> and he was real loud about it. You know? It was like, you didn't know? Well, you need to ask somebody before you just, just start drinking their beer you know, or something like that. He was all upset about it. Well, you know, his principle was right. You, know, you don't know? Well, ask. And Jesus said, you know, he said, ask, seek, knock. And that's what we need to do before the Lord is ask him if we don't know. It's not like he's like, oh, I got a secret and I'm not going to tell you. unless you, If you're nice to me, I might, I might let you know. This is not a game, you know. That's how people do, you know. We're on the no talking. I'm giving you the silent treatment, you know. And God's given us the silent treatment. No, no, he doesn't do that, you know. Um, he wants to talk to us and he wants, to, he wants us to listen and he wants us to talk to him. So these things that we need to know and have established, not thinking, well, you know, I get, you know God does that for Brian, but I don't know if he does it for me, you know. I know he does it for T, but I don't know if he's going to do it for me or, you know, whatever. We think somebody else, because of what they're doing or what they haven't done in their previous time, you know, B.C., before Christ, before they met him, that that's why maybe they're blessed or whatever, but I don't know if he'd do that for me. Yes, you need to know. He, he does want to talk to you, and he, he wants to spend time with you. He wants to you to dial in on the plan he has for you. The Bible, which is basically God's love letter to mankind, makes it really clear that we were created to have a two-way conversation with God. Listen to what Jesus tells them in John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus says this, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He didn't say, if my sheep. He said, my sheep hear my voice, they hear me. And he says, and I know them, and they follow me. So are you a sheep, or are you a goat? <laughs> are you really a sheep? Are you, are you a child of God? Then you, you know his voice. And so, well, there's been times, but I'm not really sure. Well, then how do you know? How, it's by talking. You know, how, we got some, how many moms do we have in here with children that are like under six months old under one year okay. or, or a year or even this four or five years old you know uh you go into i don't know where we were we were at a restaurant the other night and oh these kids were like wow but you know uh, you go through and it used to be they'll say mama 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 and you hear some kid you know hollering out and you're like you know who is that well i can tell you that if you're at the playground at McDonald's or whatever, and there's, there's 10 kids in there hollering mama, 
mama knows her child's voice, right? You know, it, it can all sound the same to me, but, you know, Brian and I went to eat at that place. We rode our Harleys over. Remember that night? We thought it was a Thursday night. It was going, you know, hey, just a, you know, and my word, they were having a birthday party for an 11-year-old girl. Oh, my gosh. And they had karaoke. <laughs> we went outside to eat. I'm telling you, it was a, wow. And I mean, it was all screaming, whatever. But I'm just saying that, you know, mama knows her, her child's voice. You know, we might not be able to recognize it. And that child knows mama's voice, you know. And if they're smart, they'll follow her. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. You know, my sheep know, know my voice. They know me. They know my voice above anything else. And they follow me. You know how? Because you've got that relationship. You know. Um, so it really dials down to the part then if say, like, okay, well then, I don't know if I'm really there yet, but I want to be there. I want to know his voice. And we say, but honestly, you know, I'm struggling here. So then the question is, how do you know if you're making the right decision in your life? Because isn't that what it's all about? Life really is about making decisions. And that's really the question of all ages is how do I know that I'm making the right decision? As a child of God, we don't have to walk blind. You really don't. It's not some hide-and-seek type life crisis type thing. You don't have to walk blindly through life. We can have confidence that we uh, will hear his voice. How many say, I want to hear the voice of God? And so I, I think... I want to really take some time to talk about what his voice sounds like in some things, you know, and is it, do I have to hear this audible voice? Scare some of us half to death if we did, but, you know, God did speak audibly. I mean, even when, when Jesus was baptized, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, and people heard, around heard that. He does that to make a point. <laughs> Is God speaking audibly in your voice uh, to you? It's to really get your attention on something, you know. It's kind of because you haven't been listening some other way, maybe. But that's more rare than it is a natural occurrence. Really, it comes through our our communication with God is more in a sense of like our thoughts, you know. And uh, but it's our spirit that's that's um, meditating on these things, and God gives us through thoughts or ideas or concepts or maybe just a picture. Uh, sometimes it'll just be, a, I'll see just a picture of something and I'll know. Uh, God speaks through dreams, you know, because that's the only time sometimes we can ever be quiet long enough. And um, <laughs> we'll talk more about that. But we can have confidence that God will uh, speak to us and that we will hear his voice. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans eight fourteen. He's, he tells the Romans there, in chapter 8, verse 14, he says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So he says sons of God, or those that are, are a child of God, are led by the Spirit. Not maybe, not this or that or whatever, or if you've had some, you know, some weird experience or whatever, that doesn't make it. No, he just says that, for as many as are led by, the, uh, uh, led by the Spirit of God, these are the, the sons of God. So a child of God is led by the Spirit. So you need to know that specifically that the Holy Spirit, His purpose and His intent is to lead you. And He wants to lead you into truth, into God's purpose, His plan for you. And so there again, well then we're back to the question that the guy asked. But 
okay, but how do I know if that's God or if that's the devil or if that's just me, you know, and what I'm wanting? Good question. That's where we need to dial it down. And again, it's about relationship with him. It's really about knowing it. So, the, you know, the scripture there that Paul talks about to the Romans, it implies that if we are God's children, if we are born again, that we will be led by, this, by a spirit. Isn't that what he's saying? Okay, how many of you are a child of God that you've been born again? Okay, then say, I am led by the Spirit. That, now that might be a faith statement for some of us, but, you know, I am led by the Spirit. Again, we're saying, okay, I'm saying these things, but you know what? You know, I, I don't know. It's still sketchy through here. We're going to get it, hopefully, we'll get it to the point of where it's not, that you can have that assurance, you know, that you know that what God has said, because he confirms it, and that's one of the ways that you check it out is that there's, he confirms what he's speaking. Um, you know, we have uh, further assurance of this promise in Psalms 37, the 37th Psalm, verses 23 and 24. Psalm 37, he says, the steps of a, and this is, this is how the Amplified says it, the steps of a good person, uh, which means righteous or born again, he says the steps in the King James says of a good man, but it means a good person, women are included in this, are ordered by the Lord. Our steps are ordered or ordained or already uh, predetermined by the Lord. And he delights in, in his way. God, we will delight in it. When we really are walking the way that God wants us, we're going to find our delight, our pleasure in that. People think, well, you know, when I've done this and this and this, and then I'm going to serve God. But I want to you know, make sure I get this in and that in and whatever. We, we don't know what's best for us. You know, we really don't. How many of you would agree with that? You say, yeah, well, I, used to, I thought I was having fun until the next day. Or what was that old Willie? Was it Willie Nelson that said, uh, I went home at uh, 2 with a 10 and I woke up at 10 with a 2? You know, you know sometimes we think we, we're having fun or... Smart man, Willie, ne <laughs> Willie Nelson. <laughs> Maybe he, he had that from personal experience. But anyway, sometimes we think we know what's good and we think we know what we're doing. But no, it's some other influence. But uh, the steps of a good person, uh, someone that's... And how do we become good when you are born again? The steps of a, of a child of God are ordered by the Lord. He, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. You don't mess up. But even if you mess up, you know, it says, uh, you won't be cast down. God's not, you know, it's like, that's it. I'm done with you. No, God's going to uphold you with his hand. You know, God will order our steps. And even when we blow it, when we mess up, if we are truly trying to do his will, then he's going to lift us up and give us a second chance. Praise God for God of, this, of second chances. How many would say, yes and third chances, and fourth chances. <laughs> you know, the most difficult part of hearing God is um, the fact that it takes time to learn and discern God's voice. And so it, that's really the, the key there. It does take time to learn and to discern His voice. And it takes a humble heart. And that's important. It takes a humble heart. And the Bible expresses it as a contrite spirit. And that means, and I like to, to try to illustrate it this particular way. What it, does it mean to be humble and contrite? 
the emphasis is like, uh, my emphasis would be like if you took a tube of toothpaste and you rolled it up and you squeezed it, you know, and you rolled it to the very end and you squeeze it some more, you say, boy, Pastor, you're tight. That's why you, <laughs> no, but, and you get it all out until there's nothing left in it, that's contrite. So that there's no more of us in it, and then, then there's room for him to, to fill us. So we need to get rid of our garbage because the garbage in our life is what messes us up. And then we're not hearing God's voice. We're hearing our frustrations and, you know, or what the other person in the office is saying. And they're telling us, oh, yeah, well, that's, you know, I knew when you married that guy that's what's going to happen, you know, or whatever. Isn't it amazing how much wisdom all these other people have for you in your life? And uh, no matter what's going on in theirs. Again, Jeremiah 29 and verses 12 and 13 says, uh, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You know, half-hearted doesn't get it. You want to have a conversation? You know, if, if Sandy was talking to me, and I was going, yeah, that, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right, uh-huh, sure. I, I'm not all there, am I? I'm not, I'm not giving her my 100% attention, you know. I'm, I'm sending te- uh, Gabe a text, you know, or whatever. Or, or uh, you know, hey, Jeff, when are we going to ride Harleys? You know? uh, yeah, honey, that's right, you know. We've got to search for him with all of our heart. And so a lot of the times we just come in, we're going to drop God off a message, you know, and tell him what we expect from him, and then, but we've got other things on our mind. You know, we can't make demands on Almighty God. We've got to have a humble heart. You know, we can't shake our fist at God and say, you know, uh, God, let me hear you. You better speak to me. You know, we can't demand. But we can ask, seek, and knock. And, uh, you know, the Bible promises that God will open the door if we ask, seek, and knock. And if we, have a, if we search for him with all of our heart, he says that over and over again in his word. God will reveal himself to us who humbly seek him, not out of our will. It's not like, okay, God, I've been thinking about this, and i got a real good plan, so I just need you to put your stamp on it, and then we off, man. Here we go, you know. It's like sometimes we've got it figured out. We just want to come just, just quick enough before God that maybe he won't read it too, he won't look into it too much, but he's just going to put his stamp of approval on it so we can go and then we can say, yeah, well, God said that I could do that, you know. Now, we, we're trying to get him to approve our will rather than us seeking his will. And we're not going to hear his voice on a, on a time like that because we are determined what is the voice of God in a sense, because we've got it all lined out, right? We're really not asking, seeking his counsel. We just want his approval on our plans. Uh, how many of you have ever got in a mess by doing that? When you take your stuff to him and you just want him to just put his little check mark on it and si- sign off on it, you know? God's going to reveal himself to those who humbly seek him. So underline that again. He said, Pastor, I thought this was the... What was that about? Seven keys to hearing him? Yeah, well, before we get to those keys, you've got to be humble. <laughs> you know, uh, the writer of Proverbs, who was accredited to be the wisest man that ever lived, says uh, he describes the way that our thoughts and intentions 
line up with God's will when, when uh, we submit ourselves fully to the Lord. So when we're submitted fully, then that's when our thoughts and, our, and the intents of our heart really begin to line up because we haven't come for our thing or for our will. We've come honestly to seek him. And doesn't that happen most of the time after we messed up? When we, when we did kind of like slide that through and we, we tried to justify, even find a scripture, I can find a scripture to prove anything. You know? Like, um, but you got to get it in context. I was just thinking, you know, you could say one thing over here and then the next one you could take it and it says, and Judas went out and hung himself. So, what, is that going to apply? You want that, you know? So, I mean, you gotta you got to put it together. Proverbs 16.3 is, um, I pray a lot, you know. But in the Amplified, it says it like this. Roll your works upon the Lord. It says, roll your works upon your, uh, on the Lord or cast, cast it upon him. It means to commit and trust them wholly to him. Commit, trust wholly to the Lord your works, what you're going to do, your works to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And, and says, so, so shall your plans be established and succeed. So when we commit and trust ourselves wholly to the Lord, or our works wholly to him, you know, we're going to commit what we're doing. So whatever we're going to do, we're going to say, first of all, Lord, what I'm going to do, or what I'm going to do, I'm going to commit that to you. Now then, you establish my thoughts of what I'm supposed to do. So we've already committed that we're going to uh, submit to him. So now, then that means he's going to give us the thoughts of what we're supposed to do for him. The Lord manifests himself to us uh, and, and also through us, not just to us, but also through us as we humbly seek him. And, um, you know, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, again, this is another scripture that's along that line. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and it says uh, and he shall direct your paths you know that's one that i heard all my life but didn't always apply it trust in the lord with all your heart last week we were talking about the pentecost offering you know really an offering really expresses it's kind of like a snapshot a photograph you know how you can do on your phone you can do a screenshot you can click the two things together and it shoots the screen right there it really is a snapshot of of our trust in the lord because if we wholly trust him then we're going to obey his word and give of our tithes and offerings to him because it, you know it doesn't matter he's going to take care of us he's going to direct our steps right but if we think well i don't know if i can because i got this and i got that and i got this and i got that and the dominant word there is I. And so when we trust him, then we follow his word. He's not going to tell us to do something that's going to hurt us or harm us. And so when we follow him, if it doesn't make sense, we didn't have to make sense in a way. He'll work it out. And then that's where the miracles occur. It's like, wow, how did he do that? And then we stand in, a, in amazement of God. That's what's so cool. That's what makes life interesting is like when we can't figure it out. And God did it. You know, he's a cool God. Look what he did. And that's where the testimony comes about, you know. And, and, you know, God gets the glory through the story, you know. And so sometimes the story not done, if we're not trusting in him, if we're trying to figure out how we can make it happen. So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. 
and in all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways. Don't just take some of it and acknowledge him. But in all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your steps. There's three different voices, by the way, that, that are speaking constantly to us. You know, a while ago we were having PA problems. And here's this... Or whatever going in the background, Charlie's trying to tell us what's important, but we're getting distracted by this other stuff. And so I tell you that when God's speaking to you, there's distractions that are coming all the time. There's three voices that speak to us, God, the devil, and our flesh, constantly. They're all, you know, speaking to us, the voice of God, the voice of our own fleshly desires, and the voice of the devil. But Jesus tells us there in John chapter 10, Verses 3, 4, and 5 says, He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now that ought to be us. We ought to know God's voice and not a stranger. So... Uh, stranger danger, you know, the, de the devil, don't be listening to his voice or don't be listening to ourself. You know, we've got to learn to listen to God and learn how to listen to him. Hebrews, or the writer of Hebrews tells us that we can train our ears. And so here we go. This is the key. Train our ears to recognize the voice of God above all the other noise. Not all the other distractions and stuff. Tune in and train your ears to hear his voice. That's the key. Hebrews 5.14 is where that is, if you want to jot that down. Uh, but solid food is for the mature, he says, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so the application of that is God's got the good food for us. His word is it nurtures our spirit and it, it builds us up. And uh, But it says... Who, and it's for the mature, it says there, those who have learned and have, have gathered this. And he says, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So yes, here's our part. You've got to get into training. You've got to train yourself to distinguish between those two. Um, you know, it's by practicing that we are able to discern whether what we hear is from God or from our flesh or from the devil. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. And whenever you turn to the right, the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. He says, you know, here, here's the way, walk in it. And whether it's telling you to turn to the right or to the left. And that's what you do. Because we've trained our ears to hear his voice. How many of you say, yeah, I think I need some more training. I want, it all, I want all the training I can get because out of all this stuff going on, maybe that's why it's a still small voice because it's like, man, I've got to really listen. I've got to listen hard because of all this other distraction and stuff going on. And sometimes that's when we really, that's when we really get something out of it. And when we think that it's, it's all quiet and whatever, and maybe sometimes I'll be studying and I'll turn on the news so I can have it in the background so I don't want to miss anything. I'm telling on myself here. <laughs> God's already worked me over, but, you know, or I have some, something else going on, and I want to listen to this new song, you know, too, because I think it's cool, and I got the, over here, I want to make sure I don't miss it flooding someplace or whatever, and then, and then but, but, okay, God, here we are, we're talking. So here's all this distraction and stuff, and that's why God, then he'll just maybe say, okay, well, let's have a conversation. What? 
Why don't you turn the TV down? <laughs> Won't you turn that song off? You, you want to hear me? Maybe I think that's why he talks sometimes in a still small voice is so that we have to, like, what? And then it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Let me turn all this stuff off. What, what did you say now? Just try that sometime. <laughs> and it's like, oh, now we really have to zero in. Now, if he's, like, booming it out of the sky, it's like, all right, wow. You know, you got it. But, you know, so God will speak, and you can hear his voice. God's is going to speak he is speaking to you and you can hear his voice but you must be careful and you got to be careful especially when we're not as mature or whatever in some areas of our life or whatever or constantly making sure maybe we think that we we're all that maybe we think we we mature i got it all down now and so you know i, I know I, I can hear god's voice and then we get off our guard um you know we've got to constantly be practicing this thing and so you know our own flesh can sometimes scream pretty loud especially when we're under a lot of pressure and we want something really bad then we have a tendency to like oh yeah i think that's what god said i'm, I'm sure because you know he wants me to have peace you know um so that's why if we get things out of balance we just take one confirmation then you know then we go, here we go, because we, we got that one off the checklist. Uh, so, you know, the question again is, how can we know whether we're hearing the voice of God as opposed to something else? And the Bible gives us seven basic keys or filters through which it's possible to hear him. And there's seven, but let me just tell you this. I don't know if there's ever been a time when all seven, that God used all seven or not, but he does, you out of, when he speaks, at least four or five of these things are, are going to be present, no less than three, for sure. And he'll confirm it, it, his word or what he's told you in some other ways. The problem is, is that, like, again, like I mentioned, well, I just don't have peace on that. I just don't have peace on that. Yeah, God speaks to you to give $100. You say, well, I just don't have peace on that. Why? Is it you don't have peace because you want to spend that on a new, and I better not mention what the new is because if I said fishing pole or whatever, then the fishermen would think I'm talking about that. If I mention something about a motorcycle, all the Harley riders would mention. If I talk about shoes or a purse, then, then I know Brian's going to get upset. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I love you, man. <laughs> See, I can say it because I know he can handle it. <laughs> and I can outrun him. No, I don't know if I can do that. You've been swimming a mile, man. I don't, I don't, I don't like going there. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Listen to this. The first way, okay, here's the first key. I about left that out. So here's some ways to confirm it. You're like, oh my gosh. Pastor, it's 1142, and, and Pastor is getting ready to give us seven keys. I've heard this before. We're going to be seven weeks, man. It could be seven weeks, but get ready. Tighten your belts. In, in Africa, tighten your belts. That's what they say. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. The, one of the ways that God confirms his voice, or you can recognize his voice, is through Scripture. Because his, Paul tells Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the person of God may be completely, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, if it doesn't line up with the, the Word of God, it's not God. That's one way. And that one is usually, all, it, that's one that's like always there. The second confirmation, the second key to knowing if it's God's voice is that the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, and you notice we're on two, okay? Uh, just want to throw that in. John 14, 26, Jesus said, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things that will remind you of everything I have said to you. So he said that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and he's going to remind you of, of everything that I've told you. So he gives the Holy Spirit to help us to remember, to remind us what the Word of God says so that it guides us into all truth. So the Holy Spirit's speaking into our hearts. And sometimes that's where we have a hard, a hard time distinguishing. Is that the Holy Spirit? Is that me? Is that the devil or whatever? But... He confirms it through the Holy Spirit. John, here's another scripture about the Holy Spirit and how they, God has sent the Holy Spirit to speak into our heart. John 14, 26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything, he says, that I've said in my heart. Also then, moving down two more chapters in John chapter 16, Jesus says this. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on, his, on him, his own self or on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. That's good. We need to know what's yet to come. Verse 14, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said that the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. And so Jesus confirms again that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us and he's going to guide us into all truth and he's going to take everything that's, that's, that's the Lord's and what is his is ours, has been promised to us to be able to use, and so he speaks it to us. God's given us the Holy Spirit to be able to listen and also to comprehend the truth. And... Uh, he's all, and not only to comprehend the truth, but he's also given us the Holy Spirit to help us in our worship before the Lord. And a lot of times God will speak to us in times of worship. Uh, and also, and to be transformed by the word. As the word's being preached, you ought to be praying. Remember one of the preparation stages is preparing yourself to hear the word of God. So when you come into church, you ought to be saying, Lord, prepare me. A lot of times you'll hear me pray, Lord, we set ourselves apart for this time to receive your word and to hear it and to comprehend it and so that we need to pray that we that will be sensitive to the holy spirit that he will that we can comprehend what god's saying and it will apply it to our hearts and to our and to our lives and that we'll be transformed by the word romans chapter 12 uh, it it's, talks about that uh, be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and your mind's renewed when you hear the word the word of god and you're you're changed by it you know, um, the Holy Spirit's God's special agent that does all this thing. Then, so we got Scripture as one of the keys. The Holy Spirit speaking to our heart is another key or a filter, we can say. The third thing is the prophetic. 
which is the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or a personal prophecy. Now, it doesn't always happen that way. In fact, sometimes that's what messes some people up. You've got those parking lot prophecies. Oh, listen, brother, the, the Lord told me, here we are out in the parking lot, you know, and the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Well, when it's thus saith the Lord, it, the Bible says that prophecy should be used where, that in, in, where there's others hearing it so it can be judged and proved because it could be 90% God and 10% me, or it could be 10% God and 90% me. I got a word for you, brother. Oh, really? Well, hold on. Let's, let's, get some, let me get, let's get some other people here to hear it too. And you can kind of say, you know, because I want to make sure that, you know, I really, if I, you know, we can kind of zero in on it. The other thing is so that we discern that. You know, is that true? Is that, is that right? They say, no, man, that ain't right. That guy's off, man. He had some bad pizza or something. I don't know. I, Ain't God. That's, that doesn't even line up with the scripture. So it, if somebody's got a word for you, it needs to be, you know, where that others can, in the mouth of two or more witnesses will a thing be established, okay? So, so the prophetic word, uh, uh, and it can be a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, or a personal prophecy. Now, if you think you have a word for somebody, then the, what would you do then? You would say, Maybe come to leadership, maybe to, to me or, or some leadership or somebody else, your prayer partner, somebody that prays with you and say, you know, this, I, I really feel like God's given me a word for Jeff. And so, you know, Sam and, and Eddie, uh, you know, I want you guys to come here and listen to this, you know. And if I'm off, man, let's, you know, I don't want to mess Jeff up here, you know. He's messed up enough. And <laughs> so, that's what happens when you sit on the front row. <laughs> no. And so then you give it. So now what's happening? I'm making myself accountable and saying, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, I don't want that to happen, see? So it's, it's hard. It's easy when it's a one-on-one -on -one thing, you know, I'm so spiritual, I got this word from God. Oh, yeah? Well, let's, let's let it be judged, okay? So, um, and really, the gifts of the Spirit that are given in 1 Corinthians 12, when we need to talk about the Holy Spirit, is to be in the church. It's, those things are done in the church so that the church can judge it. And it can or be edified, built up, and, and you know, not some place again like you know, some back alley prophecy somewhere or whatever. So that's a filter, but it can come. We ought to be expecting it. You know, hey, God's got to work for me, and and it could be from that particular way. Uh, it comes through godly. Oh wait, let me give you the scripture for that. In First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nineteen and through twenty-one, uh, it says tells us, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything, there it is, but examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, or being good would be lining up with the word of God, okay, with scripture, so don't quench the spirit, say, I don't believe in that stuff, I know that's crazy, I don't believe in that stuff, well, wait a minute, don't quench the spirit, maybe that's how God wants to give that to you, because a word of knowledge is that that person knows something that the only way they could even know that is through the Holy Spirit speaking it. Um, the fourth key is godly counsel. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, it says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So, you know, get some counsel on it. Godly counsel. You know, that's in the, in the church, it's where we have leadership. And I'm not talking about just me, but, you know, that, that, uh, that we'd have the leadership and put together. Again, 
two or three witnesses, two or three, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. But in the multitude of that, there's, there is wisdom. I love to, uh, to really, in a situation like, let's say, you know, helping give advice or whatever, to have somebody else there, because it iron sharpens iron. You know, Charlie might be saying something like, wow, that's right, and, and quicken something in me, of what the word of the, the word of God says, that then I say that that Charlie might not have thought about, and let's say Sam's there too, and then and then Sam says, oh, that's right, and hey, you know what? That, this is what happened to me in a situation like that. Same thing, kind of, and give a share a testimony. So there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, and uh, you know that that's why <laughs> some churches have a whole lot of committees, and sometimes that you know that can just shoot them down, but, you know, uh, on, for instance, we have a building committee, and, and we see that different ideas and stuff come through checkpoints and different things like that. You know, Wade and Charlie are overseeing in our finance committee, and, and uh, man, Wade, is, he can pick up stuff that's like, golly, that's, that's right. Now I'm sure glad you found that. And so I take counsel from that, you know, I, uh, that we wouldn't find in some other particular way. So Proverbs eleven fourteen, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And a lot of times God likes to speak that particular way so that not, no one person gets the big head, like, I'm always hearing God. You need to listen to me because you know I always got it right. Nah, no. He, he does it in, in other ways so that nobody has it all sometimes, you know, unless it's that like we talked about prior where the Holy Spirit maybe gives a word of knowledge, wisdom, or personal prophecy, but that's going to be judged. Number five, the fifth key or filter is uh, confirmation. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed is one translation. Matthew, that's in Matthew 18, 16. So again, that's confirmation. It's confirmed. For years, before I found the seven keys, I had three. <laughs> but it was always, I had to have some confirmation. In other words, I knew that the, the, the Word of God, it had to be proved through the Word of God. Uh, I'd always wait three days, too. Not every, everything, because not everything you can wait three days on. Um, but, you know, through the Word of God, and then uh, maybe through counsel or whatever it's come, and someone's, uh, you know, that, that's confirmed. it. But the final confirmation is, is it's confirmed in, in some maybe... Uh, non-connected way or something i mean you know just like wow and it just the holy spirit pops it into your spirit that that's right and it comes from a confirmation that you weren't even looking for you know it just he just bam it's like wow that's right and look how that came came through that particular way um but confirmation by the mouth of two or more witness two or three witnesses every fact may be confirmed so watch for confirmation in at least two or, or three particular ways how it's confirmed. The, the uh, sixth key or filter is the peace of God. In John chapter 14, verse 26 through 27, when Jesus was telling them, he says, you know, the, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I said to you. Remember when we read that? And number 27, or chap, verse 27, right after that, he says, peace I leave with you. Of course, when he was speaking it, there wasn't, you know, a defined verse 27. It's right in there with, with that. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid and so peace comes into 
that's a confirmation. That's one of the keys of confirming that this is the voice of God that's speaking and not something else. Now, there's a difference in the peace of God and uh, being comfortable. Because I'm not always comfortable with things God tells me to do. Comfort doesn't necessarily mean what's good for you. A lot of times what's good for you isn't comfortable. It's not comfortable to go walk a mile with the humidity and the mosquitoes and stuff or whatever. You know, that's not very comfortable. So sometimes comfort doesn't relate what's good for me. Sometimes what's good for me isn't comfortable. So don't confuse the peace of God with comfort. Peace of God usually is back down there where you say like, yeah, you really know that that's, that's the voice of God, but you're like, oh, maybe it's one of those things that you really don't want to do or whatever, but you know it's there. Um, in, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, uh, about the peace of God, Paul says this to the Colossians. He said, let the peace of, of Christ rule in your hearts, uh, to which indeed you were called in one body, and he says, and then be thankful. So he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And we've got to understand the peace of God and how different it is from just like, you know, we just, we're too lazy, we don't want to do that, so I don't, I don't have peace about it. You, you, is that making sense? Do you understand what I'm talking about? That a lot, when God, even when he confirms what he wants, what he's saying to you, that it's like, that it's like, oh boy, this is going to be exciting. And it could be through various different things. The seventh key here are confirmation, or, or uh, filter, how that you can be assured that it's God speaking and not your flesh or the devil is through circumstances or timing. You know, special times of worship, you know, through our, uh, that, that's why participating in our worship service is really important. Uh, you know, through singing or praise or prayer or teaching or receiving, you know, the ordinances of receiving communion or whatever. A lot of times through there, that's where God confirms or he speaks in times like that. Um, you know, times of blessing, that reveal his love and grace, you know, that, like, man, yeah, God blessed out of that. And, and so that's a, that's a key to knowing, identifying that that's God that's speaking that, not the devil or not just my flesh. Uh, also, so uh, those are good times and things, but also through the difficult times, times of trial and, and even irritation that become tools. Um, times of irritation... I've gone to the emergency room before with various uh, injuries, you know, a working injury or whatever, you know, and, and so uh, this thumb about cut off and it had sawdust and gook and garbage and all that stuff in it. And so what's the first thing as a nurse, what did they do? Rachel, what happens if, if I came into the emergency room and, and I had a big cut and I got all this dirt and stuff in there? They do give you pain medicine before they clean it out? Well, they didn't give me no pain medicine before they clean it out. They get this big old scouring pad and monk or whatever. It is. You know, but you got to get that stuff out of there, right? You know? Uh, so sometimes those, that's not real comfortable in your trials, but we got to get that stuff out of there so that then it can heal right. And so sometimes we got to, we got to die to our flesh so that it's not the flesh speaking to us. And, uh, you know, this special, so this 
it's times of trial, irritation, and that become tools to get our attention and build character. But only as we hear and learn to relate and also to rest in the promises and principles of God's word through his word. Um, also through this circumstances or timing, that's where uh, not only is it um, you know, special times of worship or times of blessing where God's blessed us or times of trials where we've learned things, but also that's where it would be dreams and visions that many times the Lord will confirm his direction to us through uh, three or four or more of these various kinds of things, but uh, dreams and visions, he gets us, that's when he can get us still. I don't have time to look at it, but jot this down. Job chapter uh, 30, verses 14, 15, and 16, he talks about how that he will speak to us in dreams and stuff, and because he's, you know, that's when he can catch us, and, and, and if it's a recurring something over and over and over, he's really trying to, to get our attention on that, and there's ways to interpret those things. There's symbols and you know, the Bible's full of, you know, either numbers or colors or, uh, you know, circumstances and things mean different things through dreams and stuff like that. And it's really cool, but God uses that uh, to speak to us through these. And that's a certain, that's a special time or a circumstance. And so bottom line here, uh, it's 12 o'clock, so this is the bottom line. We hit, it's, you know, like Pat Robertson has said a lot of times, you know, big decisions take big prayer. Um, so, in other words, as we humble ourselves before God and uh, seek his guidance with all of our heart, uh, the good shepherd will be faithful to us to lead us. And just like in Psalm 23, he, that he will lead us in paths of righteousness uh, for his namesake. So the good shepherd cares about us, he loves us, and he wants to speak to you he, he wants to guide you into this successful plan that he has for your life. And so he wants to do that. So we then have to have hearing ears and develop it. And then this is some ways, these are some different filters or keys to make sure that we're hearing his voice and not some other voice, not our own voice or, you know, or, or Satan trying to mess us up. 